Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Capital Adulting Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Garter, and, and I'm excited to bring you uh, another kind of fun yet you know, fun and interesting yet under-discussed topic out there. Um, and I think this will be particularly pertinent for those of you who are interested in, in learning more about the stock market um, and how you know investing works as a whole. But as I said, this is something that I, I think goes truly under-respected or maybe just overall flies under the radar for, for most folks when they're when they're evaluating kind of the market as a whole. And that's the the human psychology and emotion that that goes into it. Right. So there really is, yeah, there's kind of two halves to the equation. There is the the fundamental side of like really understanding a company's true value. Um, you know, what's going what do the future projections look like in terms of revenue, expenses, profitability, things like that. And then there's a psychological piece, right? Of okay, so is there are people fearful in the market? Are they are they confident? Um, how are certain kind of how are people feeling about specific industries, right? The that emotional component really goes, I think, under recognized. So it's why I wanted to talk through it today because it is tr- it is really an important force to to be reckoned with, and if you play it right, you can leverage it to your advantage. So let's start with just talking through a, a couple you know general misconceptions I say that are out there, um, just regarding how the stock market as a whole works. Um, one is I think a lot of folks like to you know look at fundamentals, of course, but they also like to tie present day events to you know how a stock performs or maybe a fund or, or things like that right they want to see okay the company announced xyz today that's going to do you know one two three to their their value and their share price should move in this way right and that's not necessarily the case right the the there are you know instances and i'll get into this a little bit later on where yes present day events do you know have a material impact on share price and value of companies but really the stock market is focused in the future so it's going to be you know looking 6 to 12 months out trying to guess you know where are what's going to be the value of a company at that point in time right so if you're ever confused why the why you know something that's announced today doesn't have the what you would anticipate the you know the effect being um, on the share price it's that is part of it right is that people are are forward thinking they're looking at okay what is going to be you know where do i think this company's going to be or this industry this segment the market as a whole where do i think that's going to be and how am i going to play this um and that kind of ties into the second misconception i think that is you know that only the fundamentals matter and i'm definitely not one of those who says you know fundamentals are worthless um, that you should ignore them and you should just trade on, you know, momentum and things like that. I really, I don't believe that's the case for me. I have a tough time just trading on pure momentum. And by that, I mean that, Hey, like a stock is trending up or it's trending down. Like what is, what is the broader market doing as a whole? Um, some folks really like to, you know, dive into, you know, say like the financial statements, and they're going to say, okay, well, you know, revenue has grown 18% year over year, but expenses have grown 22%. Uh, maybe I think this company is is overvalued. That's what I mean more by the fundamental analysis, right? 
the momentum is leans more towards kind of the the emotional and the psychological side so that has you know in the last kind of 10 years or so has started to outpace a lot of folks who follow more kind of the fundamental side in terms of overall performance but regardless there's a mix of strategies and not advocating one way or the other um, but i think it is a critical failure to only focus on the the fundamentals take them into account but also take into account the emotional side of the market um, and that looks like you know panic fear greed maybe undereducated investors or just fomo that's something we've seen a lot lately and those are i, I believe the most common kind of emotions that'll play into influencing the stock market right if we look back at say March of last year when COVID really spun up, things were hitting the fan. I mean, the market at one point, I can't remember the top of my head if it dropped 7% or 10% in one day as a whole. And that is, I mean, a historic, historic loss. Um, it may have been the largest loss ever. Don't quote me on that, but it was for sure up there percentage-wise. Um, actually, I take that back. It was the largest drop by points, not by percentage. Um, Regardless, obviously a very significant hit to a lot of people's portfolios, right? So that's an instance where maybe there was some fundamental changes to you know companies, like whether they would survive the pandemic or not. But at the same time, there are a lot of companies that were poised to succeed who saw their share prices get crushed, right? And that's because people got scared. And when people get scared, they tend to sell and they'd rather you know sell at any price and they'd rather hold cash. And inversely, when people are feeling really good, that's usually when they're putting more money into the market, right? And they're they're kind of pushing prices higher and higher. So it's that's where it's key to recognize when are the scales tipping too far, which comes with experience. And I'm certainly no expert um, on that front. Anyways, let's step back a little bit and kind of understand what the what the big picture looks like here. Um, and how the, the, the psychological elements uh, can come into play for you. So I think the first thing to, to, to truly recognize is that the stock market is not a true indicator of, of the economy. And COVID's been a, a perfect example of that, right? So a company's share price doesn't necessarily you know, refer to their, say, their book value or the you know, the sum of all their assets minus their liabilities, right? That's not what the stock market is truly going to represent. It's going to be more than that, right? It's those future expectations. It's what what is the general sentiment? Do people believe that a company is going to be more successful or less in the future and what's going to get them there, right? So as I described a minute ago, there were companies who were, you know, poised to dominate, um, poised to dominate through COVID, right? But they still got crushed. Um, I can't recall top of my head, of like take Zoom for instance, right? I'm not sure what their share price looked like, but I'm going to guess they probably took some sort of hit in that February to March window and then rebounded sharply. Um, and, and along those lines, one I definitively know went through that was Peloton, um, which went from, I think it was 30 bucks a share dropped all the way down to like 16 to 18 i believe and then at its high point probably a couple months ago so meaning you know q1 of 2021 it touched all the way up to 165 
So that was one where people panicked, they sold it off, value got cut in half, and then they were, you know, they were able to capitalize on people wanting to work out at home, right? So more people bought their bikes, you know, overall sales went up, subscriptions went up, boom, company value. I mean, that's crazy, like what, 700% return in a year if you bought at the lows and sold at the highs, maybe 800%. Those are ridiculous numbers. So keep in mind that, you know, the stock market is also publicly traded companies. So, you know, people like to talk about Wall Street versus Main Street, right? There's vastly more small businesses and privately held companies than there are publicly traded ones. So just because there might be, you know, some public companies that are doing really well, doesn't mean that, you know, Main Street, those small businesses that really are the core of the actual economy aren't getting decimated, right? So, Again, kind of underlining there or underpinning the, the concept that the stock market is not an indicator of the overall health of the U.S. economy, right? And like I've touched on a couple times, everything really is future-focused and future-oriented. So people are going to anticipate, oh, this company is going to ramp up you know, production. They're going to be able to do this or that. They're going to release this new product. This drug is going to get approved, right? So valuation like this the share price is going to factor those in so um, if you think you're ever being sneaky saying like oh I got a lot of faith in this company that they're gonna do really well and like they're gonna get this products gonna get released and no one's thinking about it well people are thinking about it right and the market is pricing that in so if let's just take an example of say a company's share price is ten dollars today and if they were to get their say their pharmaceutical drug approved, it would be worth $20 a share. But it's a question, right? Like it, the drug might fail its phase three trials. It might not ever get there. Um, and if it flops, well, then the company is, you know, worth it, it's $10 a share or less, right? So because of that uncertainty, you know, the future price may be $20. But since it's not a guarantee that's going to get there, well, the market's going to, depending on how people feel about it, like do they feel confident it's going to get approved or that it's going to fail, right? Maybe the share price will kind of run up to $14, $15, $16 a share where you have this battle of people who think, oh, yeah, this stock's going to be 20 so I'm, I'm buying it versus people that are like, oh, no, like it's it's, it's going to go down to 8 so I'm going to sell, right? It's kind of that, that bear versus bull mentality there. Um, and that's why you can see where you know market forces will find kind of that middle ground based on how people are are feeling about that particular company, right? So current you know events that occur today or in the present day are important, right? But they're not the end all be all. And I think it's very important to differentiate between the types of events. And by events, I mean something where like a company might put out like a, a press release about it. Maybe they're going to announce a new product line or a drug approval, or there could be, you know, geopolitical events, right? Somebody is going to invade this country or, you know, we're, there's something, there's going to be products that have tariffs on it, which are going to drive up prices, right? So there are kind of short-term implications there. But keep in mind, you know, the, with the future expectations, it's not going to, most of those reports, those press releases aren't going to entirely make or break a stock. Um, you know, there are, like I said, outliers. So one that comes to mind is uh, Luckin Coffee, which 
y'all might not be familiar with, but it was a, a Chinese, I guess technically still is, I haven't really followed it too closely recently, but it was, it is a, a Chinese coffee shop company that was meant to be like, you know, the Chinese Starbucks was their play, right? And their whole thing was, yeah, we were going to open something like 10,000 stores in three years or crazy numbers. So um, I, they got up to, geez, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. We'll just say they got to $50 a share, right? Somewhere, you know, their company was doing well. Their numbers looked really promising. And then all of a sudden it was revealed that they were committing significant financial fraud, right? They basically were were fabricating sales, um, just boosting their numbers artificially. And so an event like that, yes. I mean, their stock basically went to, I went all the way down to, you know, single digits. Um, and it got halted where it wasn't trading on the market for a while. Um, and then it might be just entirely delisted now. So it's not trading on a public exchange anymore. But that's an instance where a current day event would have a significant impact. But something where it's like, hey, we're, you know, we, we got a patent or, you know, we were releasing, you know, kind of a, the next iteration of our project product line. Those are things where, yeah, you might see like a percentage or two one way or the other. Nothing too significant um, because, you know, investors really are going to be you know, focused um, in the far future there. Um, and along kind of the, the psychology and the emotional pieces, trends are not are not isolated events and so trends are let's just say you know an industry is is hot so people are maybe like demand for for oil is going up and people people are planning on or people are thinking oh as we open up from covid you know people are going to want to travel more so then like you know i i feel confident that you know oil is going to be big again so i'm going to i'm going to put money into oil right usually those trends are not just one company you know skyrocketing right you're gonna see in that case a lot of oil companies going up or maybe it was like when when biden was elected people said okay well there's gonna be you know we're thinking there's gonna be a huge focus on green energy so we want to we want to shuffle our money that way right and there is some fundamental analysis right but at the end of the day it's still that that psychological piece it's a lot of like i think here's my you know here's my assumption like because i because i think the Biden administration would prioritize green energy. I think the value of those companies will go up. Therefore, I want to put my money there. Right. So, there is a, a you know a balance in that fundamental and psychological kind of analysis going on there. But it's it's always amazing to me to watch trends, which are just kind of like very short term. You know, it could be like a week or two. It's like take like when GameStop and AMC and all those were, you know, those meme stocks were, were flying high. Um, there's been so many trends just in the last year since I've really been focused in on it, where it was like anybody, any company back in last like March, April, and kind of into May, it was like, if you announced anything about COVID, it was like, boom, 30% jump to your, to your share price. Right. And it was, I mean, it led to a case where a lot of companies were just saying like, oh, we're, we're going to explore the the possibility of developing a COVID test. Boom, forty percent jump. Right? It was it was that easy, and it's I mean that that's the trend, right? Everybody you know was like, oh yeah, like everything, like I want to be in on everything COVID related. Um, so 
that's something to be cognizant of. If you're doing very short-term training, which I'm really not advocating for unless you really know what you're doing, I think playing the long game is is always the way to go. But that's just kind of a, a, a good example to use to underscore my point here about the power of, psych, of kind of the human emotion um, in the market. So it's funny because right now we're seeing it with, with crypto, right? Um, I mean, heck, like, yo, I think Bitcoin's doing pretty solid, but Dogecoin has had these these crazy large swings, and there's really not a lot of infrastructure to it, right? So it's it's just interesting to you know to track trends, and that's really, I mean, trends are much more emotion than fundamentals in a lot of ways, right? So um, that's kind of the big picture. So how does this play out? How will this affect you if you don't? recognize and respect the the power of the human the human factor in the market so the biggest one for sure is irrational buying and selling right so let's say you know back in last march you're thinking oh my god COVID is the end of the world i really need to put you know take all my money out i need to be sitting on a pile of cash um, because it's just things are things are going to go to hell, and my portfolio is going to get blown up, right? So maybe you, maybe you ended up selling down thirty or forty percent because you would rather, you know, you'd rather have that set that sixty or seventy percent of cash rather than kind of writing it out, right? And and how would that how did that play out, right? Yes, the market was down for a good while, but then it has roared back. I mean, it was, I'm pretty sure the S&P was up like what 50% from March lows or some, some crazy number. It ended up being like positive 15% for the year, which is a terrific year in the market. I mean, then that's, it's just crazy to think about what, how sharp that rebound was. So think about it, if you're looking around saying, well, f- crap, everything's going to hell. Everybody else is selling like I should, I, you know, I, I should just get out, right? Or on the flip side, you see it so much right now, especially with these trends in crypto and, and NFTs and, and all this stuff, where you end up getting FOMO and you start you start chasing, right? You're going in, you're buying, you know, like, oh, well, you know, Dogecoin's up, whatever, 6,000% this year. Well, it can only go higher, right? Everybody else is buying it and everyone on the internet's telling me it's going to go higher. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump into it, right? That's that's also not great. You don't want you don't want to get into this echo chamber of of either, you know, an echo chamber of op- false optimism or false pessimism, right? You want to be diligent about what you're doing, kind of understand what you're getting yourself into and you know, be opportunistic, right? And that's usually the best part about kind of understanding the emotional element is you can you can play the opposite side. Right. So like if you know everybody's freaking out and, and they're they're selling off and, and you know, it doesn't companies are getting way too cheap and it doesn't make any sense, like that's your time to to jump in and vice versa. If you think, well, hey, everybody thinking the market can only go up, you know, and I'm you know, I'm doing pretty well, like maybe it's time to to take a bit of money out and just, you know, and kind of ride in until things even back even even off. So that's why it's so key to not underestimate the power of emotion. Um, and I also think another thing that happens if, if you don't pay attention to just the common, you know, the sentiment, you know, across, across everything is you, you fail at, at timing the market or in playing, 
specific events, right? Like a press release, as I was saying earlier, right? There was a study done. I, I can't remember who exactly did it. I think it looked at like 2000 to 2015. You know, I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially one of the one of the key points they pulled from it was if you had if you had been in the market that entire time, I think you would have returned on average maybe like you know, say six percent. But had you been out, had you been sitting on cash instead of been in the market for the 10 best trading days over that 10, you know 10, 15, 20 year span your return would have gone from 6% a year to like 2.4% where it was a mammoth hit all because you weren't in for, for 10 days. So that's why I say, you know, it's really that time in the market is what's going to be advantageous to you playing that long game, not worrying about all the short term psychological nonsense and noise that, you know, I've touched on so far. Um, probably should have led with that. The, the caveats, all this is, is if you play the long game, and by that I mean for 30 or 40 years, the psychological up and down swings, you know, in the interim aren't going to affect you. So this under underestimating the power of, of emotion will, will absolutely burn you if you're not careful, but you can also render it almost uh, ineffective against you if you take the right, you know, the right approach and have the right mindset about, you know, leveraging the stock market to, to grow your wealth um and something i've noticed a lot too when it comes to press releases and specific events is that's really where you see the emotion shine right so there's let's say there was a company a, you know a bio a bio company that i was in and they were releasing you know an update on their particular you know new data on their drug their drug trials um and the data was was good, right? It was it was good information, um, but it, I mean it was clear clear that the drug was successful. However, the data wasn't as good as people expected, comboed with the kind of the sentiment against you know um, bio companies. Ended up you know stock realistically should have should have been up probably five to ten percent I'd say on on the news just because. It was leading more towards the, you know, the drug getting eventual FDA approval, which would increase, you know, the value of the company and so on and so forth. But because the data wasn't as good as everybody expected and people were more kind of anti-bio company at the time, it ended up dropping like 15%, right? So that is, yeah, those events are dangerous when it comes to, you know, trying to, trying to hold your, hold through those and, you know, and uh, try to make money based on what you think is going to happen. Because even if you get good data, it might not, you know, good things might not be great, right? And the stock price goes down. And then the flip side, maybe everybody's expecting terrible information, right? That was the, that was all that we saw in, you know, Q1 and Q2 earnings calls last year was we're expecting, you know, doomsday. This is the equivalent of World War Three going on. And, Everybody was expecting companies to take massive hits, and then you know earnings start rolling out, and it's like, hey, like, yes, there's a, there's a ton of uncertainty, but hey, we're in a good position. We've got we've got cash. Our company is prepared to to be remote. Things like that, and we saw a lot of quick bounces, and that's what's really fueled um, the market kind of recovering way faster than the economy truly has. Is that then that everybody was bracing themselves for the absolute worst? And it just, it never came to fruition, right? And so as, as that 
psychological wall started getting broken down. People said, hey, like, there's opportunity here. These companies aren't only surviving, they're going to thrive. So I want to I want to get in on it. And that's uh, I think that's why we saw such a sharp recovery there. So all that being said, talked about if we're playing the long game, the short term, you know, psychological factors aren't going to affect you until you get to, you know, say like three to five years before you actually, you know, want to want to retire or pull your money out or whatever makes sense. Right. If you're holding for 40 years, you don't have to sweat this for the next 35 years, let's say. Right. And so that leads to, you know, the I think the most one of the most important things when it comes to just investing in, in general is you have to be disciplined and consistent. So disciplined, you understand your financial goals, you develop a plan to help you achieve those goals, you know, factoring in the your risk tolerance and you know what you're willing what you're willing to lose versus what your you know your risk reward. Um, and you absolutely stick with it. Right. And that means like when things are hitting the fan, you say, hey, I've got a lot of confidence in this, you know, in this sector. Right. Maybe I really love technology firms in the U.S. And I think regardless of whether they get hit, you know, they they slump on COVID news or they spike on this. Like in the long run, the value of those companies is just going to continue to increase. Right. So that's where you stay disciplined. You stick with your plan. And you consistently make routine investments. So maybe you're throwing in 200 bucks, 400 bucks, a thousand bucks a month, whatever it is, and you are continuing to, you know, deploy that money according to your plan, right? In that way, you know, over time, as things increase in value, you'll be in a good spot. You don't miss those 10 key trading days, and uh, and and half your return over time. Um, that's you know, again, it's so easy. I think just yeah it's kind of commentary at society on large right now but it is so easy to get caught up in what's going on today but with with investing this is your this is your money and it's really your life right this is your financial freedom the ability to support yourself and your your family down the road when you're getting older and eventually you know have a legacy to leave to your kids or family members or loved ones right so don't let the, the you know the short-term noise you know cause you to deviate from what you're doing. Just stay stay consistent and disciplined about it, and and things will work out in the long run. Um, and like I touched on a, a you know a few minutes ago, when you can recognize the market forces, so still looking at fundamentals, but also factoring in the emotional component, when you're able to decipher those, you can flip them on their head and beat them. Right. That's that's the whole thing. Right. Don't don't follow the masses. The masses are going to lead you down you know, a path of destruction. But if you can you know, kind of go against the grain in, in certain ways. Right. There's a balance there. But if you can go against them. So when everybody's fearful, you're buying. And when everything's getting when everyone's getting greedy, you're selling. Right. That is a, such a great way to ensure long term success there. So. It's more rather than focusing on specific press releases or, you know, the daily news, it's more of kind of evaluating the the larger trends, right? Like, okay, how has this, you know, let's say the US cybersecurity industry, like how has that how has that looked over the last few years and how does it project out in the future? Um, what are what's the common sentiment, you know, around that? Is that some is that an area for growth or is that gonna be more for stability? Or is that going to be 
you know, a segment that recedes a bit, right? That's kind of what what you look at when you're when you're evaluating market forces rather than individual day. Um, and at the end of the day, it comes down to being convicted in what you're what you're putting your money towards. So if it's individual companies, then you've done your research and you feel that they're going to be, you know, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the future, then then stick with them through the you know through the ups and the downs. I mean, one of my bedrock positions right now it just got crushed again today i think um well i don't think i definitely know it got crushed again today i'm trying to remember off the top of my head i think as a whole i'm probably down like well, we'll say 30 percent, right but that is that's okay for me because i have done my research i understand you know companies in a position of strength they've got plenty of cash on hand they have a good growth plan and I know once they once they really execute on that plan, they are going to, you know, it could easily be a twenty fold increase from where it's at today. So that's why it's like, okay, I'm I'm good with, with being down twenty to thirty percent in the short term because maybe five years from now it'll be twenty times what it's worth today. So that's kind of uh kind of my way of looking at things. But final rundown here. So key takeaways for y'all, like I just touched on. Don't look for daily cause effect relationships in the market. Yes, you know, there are going there's going to be some correlations where a press release causes, you know, a stock to go up a bit, maybe it goes down a lot. But remember that everything's future focused. So it's really about like, okay, how is what's happening today going to impact this company 12 to 18 to 24 months from now? Right? And that's really what what you're what you're looking at when you're, you know, contemplating, you know, buying or selling a particular security. Um, being in the market over time will pay its dividends, you know, much more than trying to time the market, right? So yes, you know, you don't want to miss out on gains and you don't want to be holding losses, but just play that long game. Let time and compounding interest work on your behalf. And when you look up, you know, 25, 30, 40 years from now, you're going to be very thankful that you did. Uh, the biggest issue I have today is just the it's just the, the blind following effect right like there's you get financial news on, on all over the internet it could be on Twitter people are doing this that there's forums there's chat rooms and all the stuff where people are talking about different things they're they're investing in right don't just blindly follow what pe- what anonymous people on reddit are saying or you know whatever's hot at the moment because if you think about it, if you consider you know investing, is just buying into like what's hot at the moment like unless you're really really good at it and by good like that means you really understand charts and technical analysis and can tell you know when thing when the wind shift and the momentum changes like unless you're really good at that you will lose 100 percent. there's no doubt about it if you are waiting until everybody's talking about something to buy in well then, you know what's what's the upside there? What is your risk reward? It's so much more likely at that point that you're getting in at the peak and you're going to end up getting crushed, and then you you repeat that cycle enough times, and then all of a sudden you're out of money, right? So don't just blindly follow people. Know what you're investing in, um, you know. And there is if you do want to get more nuanced than just you know investing in index funds or picking other you know funds over the long haul and putting away money for 30 years. Maybe you do want to trade your hand at, you know, some individual companies or growth stocks, you know, whatever it might be. There is an opportunity to take advantage of, of trends in the short term. But 
my disclaimer there is that is only for folks who are willing to you know research and research what they're getting into and understand it um, I think it's it's too easy to get get caught up in in the FOMO um, to you know for a lot of folks to do that effectively so if you if you feel confident in yourself or maybe you just want to take a little bit of play money essentially and try it out and that's a good way that's kind of what I did last year was you know I picked up some some early gains then got caught up in chasing particular trends and got crushed right so it was nice because kind of netted out in the end but um, it was just a, it was a good it was a positive learning experience and it kind of steered me away like helped highlight what some what some uh, pitfalls might be and just some common mistakes to to avoid there um, but above all the I think the best piece of guidance I can offer is to to have money when people when others don't and be fearless in deploying it that's one thing where I missed out last March when things I was sitting on the sidelines I had all my money and I was I was ready to go and I was still too fearful where I said ah well you know market's down 35% what if it goes down you know another 20% like do I want to get do I want to get crushed absolutely you know, I, I don't right overcoming that fear is what will make you successful in the long run is that when you can say you know, take like the housing crisis in 08 when when there was a fire sale on homes there were people that had chance and were going out and buying properties like no other and you know what 10 12 years later they are crushing it some of those properties have you know have increased 50 or 100 percent in value and the same goes for for you know the stock market right so understand that when when that fear gauge is super high that could be the best buying opportunity for you. So anyways, hopefully that was beneficial. You know, the overarching theme was to, to emphasize that human emotion and psychology drastically affects the market. Um, and if you don't recognize that when you're, you know, when, when you're in or thinking about getting in or potentially getting your money out, you will, you know, cost yourself dearly in the long run. So um, as always, if you have any questions, feel free to find me over on Instagram. It's at Capital Dolting. Um, you can email me, grant at capitaldolting.com. Um, if you haven't already, go ahead and you know, subscribe, follow the podcast, leave a review if you have a chance, and uh, I'll look forward to catching up with y'all next time. But until then, take care.